From the bayous in Louisiana to the camper country up north, you'll find them out on the trap line, chasing furs to put up on the border. Mixing up another batch of that magical stuff, chilling around the fire after the show. Hey, it's Sarah and Jeff, and maybe a guest on the trapping radio. Hello, this is your host, Clint Locklear for Trapper Radio. We've got a really good show for you today. We're going to be interviewing Dale Billingsley. I did this interview when I was at the NTA convention up in Minnesota. Uh, he, I, I talked him into meeting me about an hour before everybody else showed up. Uh, there's a little bit of background noise on this, but that's just part of doing anything at the NTA, I guess. But the, the interview is, is very, very interesting. And if you're into coon and beaver trapping, you're really gonna, gonna just enjoy today's show. Now, if you don't know who Dale Billingsley is, I don't know how, he's been around the trapping industry for a long, long time. And he's one of the good old boys. He's down to earth. He, he's, you know, he, he shoots straight with you. He keeps things simple, but more importantly, what he's always had my respect for is he understands the work ethic and everything it takes to catch a lot of fur and he catches it real fast and that's some of the stuff we're going to be talking about today talk about the sponsor we have today which is Oki Cable and Trap to get a hold of them it's real simple just go to OKTrapSupply.com really easy to remember we'll also have a link down in the the, the show notes for you today but OK Trap and Cable com will get you to his website if no matter what you're looking for I promise you Jeb has probably got something there for you to do he, he carries a lot of different people's lures and I pulled him up today and I was just seeing what he had around his site there and he has his own brand of Oki brand lures he also carries Blackie's Blend, Carmen's, Dobbins, Hallbakers, John Graham's and Milligan's I noticed he didn't have mine up there so I'm gonna have to have a little talk with him but you know, if, if you're using some of these different brands of lures, he's definitely a place that you'll want to check out. No matter if it's traps or dog-proof traps or fur handling supplies, Jeb will take care of you. Just, just go to his website at OK Trap Supply and you'll be happy with his service. We've had a lot of, uh, I can tell on the computer, guys, about what's happening on the website. Just the basic analytics that we have on Trapping Radio. And there's been quite a few links and stuff like that coming off of Facebook and I greatly appreciate appreciate that and I would like to take just a second to ask everybody that enjoys this show to do me a favor if you've got a Facebook page or you're on some trapping forums or however you're communicating out there in the trappers world with other trappers if you would drop us a line you know just kind of let other people know that we're out here that may not know about us it's amazing to me I meet people that's you know, never heard of Wolfer Nation or Trapping Radio or anything like that. If you just let them know, I'm sure they'd appreciate it, and I would appreciate you doing that for us. The Predator Control Group product of the week this week is Yote Dope. Yote Dope is a very interesting uh, type of coyote lure that I make. It works very well when you're dealing with adult coyotes. I use this stuff year-round, where it really becomes it's its own type of specialized lures especially a little bit later in the winter when you're dealing with breeding season when coyotes and and they just get a little tougher than they are during november and december when they get when they get sex on their brains they're just like anybody else that's all they want to think about and you need to kind of pull them off that what makes Yo Dope, it, it, it is a gland lure, but it is not a gland lure like our booty call is where it's just a fresh gland lure. This is what I call a hyper gland lure. It is a lot stronger. It's got a lot of different ingredients in there. It's, so it's a lot more than just the glands, but it really works on those adult male and female coyotes, and it really shines when you're, you're coming up on the breeding season. When the other coyotes basically just get harder to catch with your more standardized coyote lures and baits. And if, if you're going to be trapping that time of year or you're in the control business and you're going to be dealing with some adult coyotes or you know you've got adult coyotes that are working around your area, you're going to be real happy if you give, you give Yote Dope a try. 
let's go and get our interview with Dale Billingsley. Okay, I'm with Dale Billingsley, and uh, for some of the, the newer trappers out there, you've been kind of away doing stuff for a while. I've been away for about five or six years now. And I was, uh, I was glad to see you. And uh, for, for new guys out there, and I ho hope his head don't blow up too much here, but uh, I met Dale, I'm not sure when, but it was years ago. And I've always had a lot of respect for him because he catches massive amounts of fur and he's never played, he never complicated things, I guess. And that's just always impressed me. But I'm a, we had a conversation yesterday. Let me tell you, you gave me nightmares last night. <laughs> tell me what, tell everybody what you did last winter as far as numbers wise on the putting up fur, because that's what you did last right. winter. Right, last winter I didn't do a lot of trapping. I, very little because there was more money to be made in the in the custom processing of the fur more than there was trying to go out and catch my own. I could stand in a warm fur shed all day long and versus being out there fighting the elements and the trap thieves and everything else. Uh, Not in Iowa. There's no trap no, thieves. No, there's no I trap thieves in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and a, a friend of mine in a fur shed, just two of us working, we custom processed. We were four coons short of 14,000 coons. Just the two of us. I tell well the time so that's what gave me I literally I mean I literally woke up in a nightmare thinking about fourteen thousand coons right. last night. We would start our morning about eight fifteen and we would sit in there and start start fleshing, scraping. And then when we finished fleshing, we would start stretching, two of us together. And we would normally be out of there by two between two and two thirty every morning or every afternoon. Three o'clock at the very latest. If it, we're going to talk about trapping, but if someone was getting into to putting up fur, do you have just any, you know, fatherly advice as just, far as you know? When when everybody starts processing their own fur, they're always scared. You know, they're scared of the unknown. I'm going to cut them. I'm going to ruin them. You're going to cut holes. I don't care who you are. I still knock a hole now and then. You know, it's it's going to happen. Uh, don't start off on the small, you know, everybody wants to start off on like a little coon. Get something with some fat on it and start off and just start slow and work your way. You know, speed will come. The more you do, the the faster you'll get. You know, just, you know, don't be scared of it. Get a hold of that knife and get you some. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, for people that don't know who you are or anything about your story, uh, how did you get into trapping and, and how long and just kind of some general background? I came, I came from a trapping family. My, my dad trapped, my uncle trapped, and uh, I started off, I was a seven-year-old kid, started off trapping rabbits with, with, <laughs> with foothold traps. Uh, just because we was broke and that's what we ate. You know, I was, I was helping feed the family. And uh, I started, to, I did that for a couple of years and then started off trapping fur bears and just kind of progressed and went on from there and have done it full time for I don't know 20 some years now I guess you know through the through the fall and winter and uh, have had the privilege of being able to trap in five states and and uh, you know seen a lot of country and done a lot of things and I'm very fortunate you know it's not that I'm any better than anybody else it's just I've had the opportunity to be able to do it right that, that, that's one thing it, it I've noticed because I've been in so many states doing this and you know it's sometimes some of the especially on my, I know on my part some of the numbers that people see you know they can't correlate I mean I get in cookie jars on purpose right. to be able to take advantage of that you right. know, because it's when you're doing it for money you've got to you've got to you know got to. so you're also a rodeo clown. You was just telling me, <laughs> right. which uh, how old are you? I'll be in in seven days. I'll be forty. Forty. Yep. Okay. So how long have you been doing that? Because I'm. I mean, and I rodeoed all my life too. My dad rode bulls and bareback horses, and I started riding when I was about fifteen. And I rode bulls and bareback horses both for three years, and then threw the bareback rigging away, and then rode bulls for another four years. And I've traveled with a, a rodeo company helping set up and tear down and. You know, I've been all over the country, between trapping and rodeo, and you know, and I've I've seen it all from you know every bit of it. And I've, I'm very proud to say that it, there's not a state besides Alaska and Hawaii that I can't go into. And if I broke down or needed trouble, I couldn't pick up the phone and call somebody, 
and they'd come back out and get me. You know? Well, have you ever done anything easy in your life? No, never have. Everything I've ever done has tried to kill me or scratch me or bite me or something. You know, I've, Well, is it just like a death wish? Or? No, no, it's just... Uh, don't just want to be I bored. Was, just what I was cut out to do, I guess. You know, it's what I'm here for. Well, I remember one of the times you were coming from Iowa, and that when they started doing these NTA regional things, you were in, I believe, uh, Maryland, somewhere outside right. of D.C. And I couldn't believe you drove that far for that small of a regional. You, and I never forget your answer. You were like, well, when I'm doing rodeo, you just travel all That's the time, it. so it didn't matter it to you. It didn't matter. Just hours and miles. That's all it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting right on like driving, <laughs> yeah. personally. I yeah. feel like a truck driver that has a job to do when I get there. Right, right. Now, I want to I wanna talk a little bit about beaver, and you, you may not know this, but uh, when I did my Art of Professional Beaver Control, and I was showing chains, and you know, and I got that from old Gorman, and tie plates, and, and not using drowners, and I got so much slack. Every time I turned around, I was being uh, irresponsible. Yep. I was being all this type stuff. And then you came out with your video a couple, you, you know, years right. later, and I was like, somebody's got my back to at least That's right. I'm not out That's there by right. myself. That, that whole business is setting up drowning cables and slide wires. They, you don't need all that crap. Just, you know, back when this country was founded, when it started, when they were catching beaver out in the West, they didn't have slide wires and drowning cables and, and tie plates and all that. They had traps and they had chains, and that's what they had. You know, and in a, if you really stop and think about it, they only had just a few traps because they were bulky and heavy and they couldn't mm -hmm. tote them, couldn't carry them. And, uh, you know, in, in a short time, they almost decimated the beaver completely out of this country. And if you stop and think about it, I mean, we're just catching them the old way with, with new traps, you mm -hmm. know, basically. One of the, uh, so do you ever use conibears? Very few. Strictly snares and footholds. Yep. Uh, conibear to me is, you know, trying to find a den and your, your hat's going to be floating and I don't like getting wet. <laughs> you know, and you've done it too. You're out of bull, which you, you don't yeah, want to get well, wet. you've stepped off in them beaver dens too <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and been plumb up to your neck. Uh, and everybody that's trapped beaver has done it at a time or, or two in their life. Now, I'm not saying that I won't pass up a good channel, you know, if I find it and, and hang a conibear in it. I'm not saying that. The conibears have their place. I like to be able to use every tool that's available to me and be effective with it. And then that way, no matter what situation I come up against, I can handle it. You know, too many people handicap themselves. They, they're good with conibears or they're good with snares and they don't know about conibears and they don't know about footholds or this, that. You know what I'm saying. And uh, I've never been like that. I've always wanted to be able to use whatever I could to get the job done. And then no matter what I come up against, I can handle that situation. That, that, I, I've had that question several times here, but what do you use? Like especially with coyotes, do you right. snare them or your foothold? I'm like, it's whatever the ground tells. Whatever the ground tells me to do, whatever the coyote tells me to do, or the beaver, or whatever it might be. Now you had uh, an interesting set on, on that that, and I've used this since then. And I thought it was ingenious, but it's so simple. That's the reason it's so ingenious. <laughs> well, you stick the stake out in the water, and you put your lure, and you put your trap on the downwater side. Right. Now, see, that told me right there, you knew how animals worked. Right, right. Which is kind of like going back to the mountain men. Those guys knew animals. They knew animals, that's right. You know, they didn't get caught up in the what's in the latest magazine. Yeah, the latest and greatest gadgets and, and trick sets, and there is no such thing. You know, I use, I, and everybody's heard it, or a lot of them have, and for those that haven't, I use a kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. You know, you're just trying to catch a dumb animal. There's no such thing as a smart animal, it's just a dumb trapper. They, people overthink things. Mm -hmm. And it's really not any harder than what you make it. Right. Where, where did you come up with that, Says Is that something you thought of? Or? No. Uh, well, kind of a brainchild between me and, and another fella. Uh, uh, he's passed away now down in southeast Iowa there, old Don Luke. Him and I were trapping beaver together, and, uh, and uh, we'd come up on this maple tree that was out in the water and it wasn't very deep and they'd cut it off and part of it was sticking up out of the out of the water and I thought you know I, I got a guy catch beaver right out there I'll bet you and old Don tended to agree with me and it just we kept playing with that one stump trying to get the angle and the 
and the position of the trap right and then we finally figured it out you know it took us a couple of nights finally got it figured out and that's just kind of how that all come and I said you know a guy doesn't have to look for one of them he can put one of them anywhere he wants it <laughs> and that's what we started doing and it's a very very effective set but yeah it's as simple as it comes well that, that is amazing to me that you say that that why I started playing around with similar stuff with that was on a, a, a mountain pond up in the mountains of Tennessee and they, they it was actually a maple tree of all things and they ring the bark down the side and there was nothing in the water and it was only about a foot and a half deep and I'm like well if they're coming here it's obvious they're coming here every night you can catch them out here with a foothold that's right because everything right. else would have been forced yep you exactly know. you know that's I'm, I'm I don't try to force an animal you know especially especially beaver and, and you've seen it too Clint you know not so much where there's no pressure on them but you get into beaver that have been pressured and you start trying to force them and they're going you're going to pull your hair out so when you're looking for your your set that's on your what's the name of your video uh beaver track fastest methods on earth fastest yeah well I, that's actually a pretty good title for the video are you are you looking for uh is that one of your main sets now it's not one of my main sets but it's one that i use if you know when I'm putting in a caster mount, I take my tile spade and I kind of dig a trench back in the bank to, take, to funnel that beaver up there. Like a U-shape. Right. Or sometimes you can't, the bank might be too straight up and down or something that's kind of got you screwed up there and you can't do it. So that's where that set comes in. I can, no matter what, I can still catch that beaver. You know, I can, I can improvise and make it work. Well, one thing I got tickled at is all your snares were up on the high banks you wouldn't have to fight the bank to get your beaver back right right <laughs> that's right when you're when you're out looking uh I, I, how many beaver have you caught in a year if you don't mind me asking my best season was 475 475 and i'm assuming just like in your coon trapping you just don't go out the day season starts and go i'm gonna be a trapper and go out and start. oh no you no. do a lot of preseason. i trap I'm trapping, some doing something with trapping year-round, 365 days a year. If I'm working on equipment or dying traps or, you know, working on trap, whatever it might be, I'm doing something with trapping 365 days a year. It never leaves you. What do you think, because uh, to me, one of the biggest issues with a lot of trappers are getting into it, they're scared to ask for permission, or they don't get enough permission, or they think, okay well I can catch so many beaver at each spot and that'll that'll do me but life doesn't ever work it out never that works that way so are you always trying to do the standard trying to get twice as much as you think you need right or? uh yeah it's always better to have a I'd rather have more than not enough you know I'd rather have too much than not enough uh not that I want to leave anybody that I've got permission on but you know weather and, and vehicle circumstances you know anything can happen out there and uh you know, and I've seen too where, you know, the population's so thin, maybe in an area that you thought was good before, and now it's, you know, something's happened, the beaver have moved, or the coon have moved, or whatever. So now you have to cover that big of an area, or a bigger area, in order to make up, you know, the, the difference to catch as many animals as you need to. And when you're, when you're doing your footholds on the chains, um, well, you're using extension cables too, or just... I just use a, a earth anchor, disposable earth anchor, and stake them down right there. And how long is your? Trail? I run ten feet. Ten feet, okay. Yep. And you, the the style trap that you think's my personal preference is the number three Bridger coil spring. And that that goes against common right CDRs and TS. You know, right. Is it because you have them and you can use them for coyotes, or do it's, you just think they're the best ones? My style of trapping beaver, I don't target a back foot, I target the front foot. Just because they tell you you can't hold beaver by the front foot without drowning them. Mm -hmm. I kind of go against the grain, you know. You can do it. I'm, I'm proving that more than once. And that style of trap, that Bridger number three, has what I call the tall jaw. Some of these jaws are low profile. And if you get a low profile jaw, it puts that trap down on that what I, what you would call the wrist mm -hmm. of the beaver. And if you're down there with that trap, that's a weak spot. And yeah, he will twist off. But with a taller jaw, it'll catch him up above that and hold him. 
Are you using pan tension of any kind? Four pounds. A full four pounds? Yep. So your your trap's probably extremely shallow then. Yeah, I'm setting within six inches, six inches of water. And the only reason it's set that deep is because that's the hole that I've dug in the, the bed is that deep. I dig them down pretty deep because I look at it as uh, if you're walking out across your yard and you step in a hole, you've got more weight going down on that foot than you do the other one. And I feel that that beaver, my, those beaver that I'm catching are actually kind of almost walking into that set. They're not, mm -hmm. they're not swimming into it. And I feel that that beaver's no different. If he's stepping off in a hole with one leg, he's got more weight going down on that one than he does the other. So you're countersinking the exactly. side of the trap. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. The, have you seen the teachers of the night, the beaver? Did you ever get I've to? not watched it yet. The, the most fascinating thing on there to me was we put out caster mounds on more open banks, mm -hmm. you know, not where you had cattail reeds or somewhere he was absolutely forced to go one way. <clears throat> and what, what blew my mind on that more than anything, and this is the reason I quit going after back feet, especially on a style set like that, there was never a beaver that used the slide going up. Coming down. It's coming down. That's right. And and that, that went against everything that I thought that I knew. That's and right. it was over and over and over and over again. And, and what it led me to do which it's, it's really hard to explain because every place is different. You really got to put your Einstein hat on to figure it out. Is You can catch a beaver coming up because they always seem to come up on the downwater side, yep. four to five feet away, and then they come up and they lay and they do all kind of stuff on the, but they never bring mud with them. That's nope. another thing that never blew do. my mind. They never do. And, uh, and then they would go down. And when I was watching them go in the water, they did like otter where they would float, you know, right there at the, once they got right past the bank, and I'm like, well, no wonder I'm, you know, you're snapping off traps because the right. best you can do is hit their chest. That's it. That's it. Well, how did you? I mean, did you just come up with that through observation, or keep seeing those tracks it's, from the side? Well, it's kind of a, a combination of all of it, Clint. I, you know, you see those tracks, you know, four, four to six feet down the bank, where he's come up, and you can track him. He walked right up the bank, worked the mound, and then you think, huh, you know, <laughs> boy, am I dumb. Well, most people, what, after watching that video, we, we did a, a school and Johnny Thorpe and, and, and was down there and he was really interested in, in what I was trying to show. And what he said from all the instructions he's gave, he said, whenever people see that, they automatically assume it's a smart beaver that's lure shy. That's right. He said, but if you're on ground that you can see, every one of them does it. Every one of them does it. That's right. Yep. And, and it's just the nature of the beast, you know, that's just how they do it. It's, it has nothing to do with being lure shy or smart or wise or anything else. It's just the beaver being a beaver. Mm-hmm. And that, if the trapper, I've always said the animal's the best teacher. Problem is, we, we think we know what they do, and even if we see them doing something different, we refuse to believe it. That's right. That's right. Well, that can't be. And, and by golly, that is the way it, it can be. Well, some of the things that uh, when I was doing control work, I got into using footholds probably 80% of the time. Mm -hmm. And I'd use some snares if the situation was right. Well, that was another thing on the video that I get, I still get, that video's been out five or six years. Yep, 2005. The, uh, how did you remember that? I don't even remember that. <laughs> just, I just do. <laughs> And the, it, it opens up with, and, and when I when people always get into beaver, it's 3.30. Right. In the first series in that whole tape, we have a con bear on a slide with lure where they can't go anywhere but through the trap to get to the lure. And there's a cornfield with corn in it, milking right above it. Uh-huh. And there was 13 beaver refused a con bear before one got caught. Yep. 13 beaver. And you can see them. They, they didn't, I don't think, they weren't ever afraid of the trap, but they would try to climb around it. They knew intrinsically that was not supposed to be there. Something's not right. Mm -hmm. they, you know, they don't know it's a trap, they just know it isn't supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that was, uh, and, when, and, and I always hear, well, did you put lure on the trap, or did you, I'm like, even when we showed a, a, a beaver going through a snare, the beaver doesn't get caught going through the snare. He gets caught backing up backing from the up. snub because he once he feels it move, he goes, oh, this ain't right. Right, right. And you know, and, I, and then when I hear people go, well, you want a slow snare on a beaver, 
I'm like, well, dude, if you see them backing up, you want it to fire. Uh-huh, exactly, exactly. That's I'm a big advocate about loading snares. Mm -hmm. And if, for those of you that don't know what loading is, it's, it's forming and shaping that cable to where it hangs in a perfect circle and it speeds that, that lock up. Are you using 7x7 seven seven or 1x19? I use 7x7. Seven seven. Really? Yep. I haven't made the switch. I'm still... Still old school. Come to the <laughs> I know. Come, come out to the future of, come now. In, come out of the Stone Age, you know, as I said on my favorite video. Come out of the Stone Age. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 did some schools for the USDA and and those guys. I mean, then they've all caught lots of beaver, and I'm like, we can catch beaver in one sixteenth, one by nineteen all day long, and they're like, there's no way. Yeah. Because they they were having seven by seven get blowed out, you know, in in thick cover. I'm like we'll put two we'll put two swivels on here and we'll start and we started waylaying beaver with them because it was i mean it was like there was nothing there right and these guys were like holy cow but i still couldn't get them to go to 116th even <laughs> though they saw it but they did go to 564 that's what i run the 564th i'm i'm like them i haven't <laughs> i can't i just can't break now you know cats and coyotes it, that doesn't bother me to hang mm -hmm. you know the 16th but but uh a beaver, I'm still stuck on that 564. Now, do you, are you laminating your traps? Yes. Laminate yes, them? I laminate them. I'm, uh, I'm pretty big on that, too. You know, I, I like that, uh, displacing that energy of that trap. I run four-coil number three, you know, and they, in my opinion, no trap should ever be beefed up without lamination on the jaws. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's just, you know, that's just good. It's just ethical, in my opinion. It's something that just should be done. I'm uh, still blown away by you knew when that video came out and I've got to ask my wife it when did I get out of the army it come out the same year that mine did oh, okay that's okay. how I know okay on your we're going to talk about coon here in a minute but you I believe you're the one that was talking about square stock on your lamination right do you do that on your beaver too or on your threes no I run round stock on them for the most part uh Beaver's, a beaver's leg is a lot different than a, than a coon's paw. You know, it'll, a, a trap will bite into a beaver's leg and hold on to him. A coon's paw is wet and it's slick and it's rubbery and a trap has a hard time getting a hold of it if it's laminated with round stock. Well, the, one, the, the square stock, I've always done round just because I can get it easier. It's easy. Right? And, you know, I can get it 20-foot sticks and it's cheaper. And I started using these uh, CDRs on cats with a big pan, and they and they used to come from Carl. You could get them laminated, and they'd be square stock. Uh huh. And what what one of the observations I've noticed from the square stock, because I've never really run them on coon, is uh, no matter if it's beaver, otter, cats, uh, dry land coon, even as big as that trap is, or coyotes. I see less damage with a square stock on the animal than I do the round stock. Yep, and I don't know why that is. I don't, I can't explain that, but I've noticed that myself. Let's talk a little bit about coon because that's that's more of what when people think about you. That's that's, that's what they're thinking. So you right. and I, I have if you hadn't seen the cat collector video I did, I stole one of your ideas in the video. <laughs> When you came and you're showing pool day and you had that, that smaller truck and you had that pile of stuff that looked like if you hit a bump, you was going to be, a, you know, right. flip it over backwards. Yeah. I showed a scene like that when I was pulling, you know, all them big cat traps of mine in a one-ton truck. Right. So that was a great idea. I appreciate yeah. it. So when you were when you were really hammering coon, you were over the 1,000 a year more? I was right at 1,000. Right at 1,000. Yeah. And in how many days? 30 were, days. 30 days. Yes, sir. That, that 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 just blows me away. I mean, I, I've been with Red when he's done it. And right. That, that just that still blows me away. First off, you have to have the coon there to be able to catch. Absolutely. It. You know, if you know if you're in, living in Alaska and you're trying to make a thousand coon catch, it's not going to happen. Uh, you have to have the coon there in order to catch them. And then also too, your hands can't be tied. You know, there's some states that have a limit on coon and. You know this that mm. you, you know you have to have it all available to you in order to do it. Um, well, off subject a little bit, since you've been in Iowa your whole life, pretty much. Right. All the drought that's that's hammering this coon stuff right now. I mean, in the corn, what's that going to do to the corn the coon population next year? Is it going to crash? It. 
you know I really can't answer that honestly. Uh, you know, Mother Nature's going to do what it's going to do, what she's going to do. Um, personally, myself, I with all the heat and the drought, I would look for a crash on the coon population the following year. I would look for some this year, just for the simple fact is it never it never seems to fail when you get those high temperatures and it's dry like it has been through the majority of the country. The stemper starts running wild, hmm. and it doesn't take long, and it'll wipe them coon out. Well, I came up through part of Iowa in the southern, even across Illinois. I mean, it's corn from the time I get to, you know, southern eastern, southern Illinois, all yeah. the way to here. Right. And I bet I didn't see 30 roadkill coon the whole way. And I said, at home, we don't have coon. I think the USDA is poisoning myself. Right. Out of the helicopters. So we may see at home one coon a year killed on the roads you know if we see two we're getting excited yep and but to see that here yeah it's it's odd it's very odd and a lot of it too and i honestly believe that you know all our little ditches and feeder streams are dry there's no water there they're going to be where if what coon are left wherever you find water you're going to find the coon mm-hmm. you know i would venture to say the majority of them have moved to Farm pond locations or bigger drainages like you know your bigger creeks and your bigger rivers—that's where your coon are going to be. If you were giving advice to someone that wanted to really um, to, to, to get into where they they were going to try to get in that thousand coon mark, eight hundred coon mark, something like that, because I've noticed here lately there's what I've noticed a trend in trapping because especially at the shows, there's a lot of guys that are getting our, our age now that's, that's really taking care of their money all through their life, and they're like going, okay, I'm retiring, right. and I'm going to supplement it with trapping, and uh, I'm not saying you know, I made a living that way. You can do it. Right, exactly. But if someone was is listening to the show and, and they're teetering on that or they've already made the decision, they've cut the, the, you know, the, the ties to that, if, if you were going to mentor someone that wanted a thousand coon a year, what, how would you guide them in that direction? Start when you're young, because by the time they get to be our age, Clint, you're but you're too you're too old to do it. I mean, not saying that you can't do it. Right. Not saying that, but it's physically going to wear on you quicker than what it would when if you were back here in your early twenties. You know, I I notice it. I'm sure you know. Oh, we don't move like we used to. It drives me crazy. It, kills me just tears me breaks my heart you know because i want to do it and i can't do it and uh yeah start you know if you get you know it takes a lot of drive and a lot of ambition and uh that's the biggest thing right there you've got to have the want to and uh you know and and i fight burnout you know two weeks into season and i maybe killed you know 10 days and i might have killed 400 coon already i'm like nah there's another sloppy, wet, wet, muddy coon down there, and I've got to go get him. You know, and I don't want to do this anymore. But then you kind of fight through that, and you get up there around 600, and you start thinking, "Huh, I wonder how many I'm going to catch this year." You know, right. <laughs> you know, you just and it's just something you have to work through and fight. It's a mental game, and you have to fight your way through it. If you if you let it beat you, you're done. You're just done. And you're going to be tired, and you're going to be sore. And if you're married and, and got a family, they better be pretty understanding that you're going to be growly. And you know that's just how it is. That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, right. That's a very nice way of putting it. I'm assuming to do when I came to Iowa, never seen the state before besides driving through it, and I started trapping. And of course, you hear about you know you and Red, and and I, when I was trapping, I met all kind of guys I've never heard of that. You know, it was actually in the 1,015. One guy's 2,200 coon. That's right. I mean, absolutely animals. Yeah. Just animals. And one one of the things, you know, because I've been successful in a lot of places, I thought I could just outwork or outsmart or, or I would, you know, have some, you know, Angel would tell me something one morning at 3 <laughs> o'clock in the morning that I'd be able to, to do what y'all did. Right. And it didn't happen, you know. Yeah. It, 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 I just didn't have the the lay of the land and the the skill set right to do that well and and that's something there too you know your first you've been out of state i've been out of state you know we've done it and your first couple of years is tough because you just start you're you're in the learning process 
you know you're learning the lay of the ground you're learning what the animals habits are and where they are and 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 you're only there for a short period of time and you're trying to absorb all this knowledge store it in a memory bank so that you can come back the following year and do it again and by the third or fourth year then you ought to really be able to highball on them and roll mm. you know but it takes a couple of years to get all that figured out and you know that as well as anybody you've been out of state enough that you know that oh yeah it just uh it just takes a little time and it takes a little while you know don't go out there that first year and think you're gonna you know you're gonna break the bank because it ain't gonna happen no I, I mean that was a big and i did it on video right I, mean, I, I got you know i consider getting my what tickled me is there were so many guys that i would be under the bridge with that knew who i was <laughs> you know they were they were like you know it's so good to meet you and this that and the other and some guys were pissed off why are you here and i wasn't <laughs> right and uh and you get to talking with them, and they had three times as much coon as I did at right. that time, you know. And I'm like, you know, I ought to be shaking your hand, not right. sure you're shaking right. my hand. Right. That's... You know, and uh, I got, you know, one thing about that Iowa that really opened my eyes on, and I'm sure someone that grew up in coon country, it's, it's, it's more common knowledge to you. R Red went out with me and gave me like a quasi-instruction. Uh-huh. And, uh, of course, you know Red, I'm sure, and he's all over the place. Right. And he was like, well, the coon are going to be coming down through here and crossing here. That's right. And I'd be like going, why? Why in the world would they be? And then he would try to explain it. And I didn't start picking that out on my own until about the time I was leaving. Right. You right. Because everybody wants to run to the bridge or to exactly. the culvert. And, and there's you're driving, you're driving past coon. There's, it's that coming over the hill and you're going down the hill and it's that one lone tree that's halfway exactly. in the middle of the hill. You know, there'll be a coon trail there. They, and I said that in my video, they use those as landmarks. We have to have a road map and a landmark when we travel. That coon's no different. That road map is that trail that he's on. And then he uses those fence corners and then one lone tree and telephone poles. Those are his landmarks. That's how he gets around. And if you're driving past those places, you're you're driving over top of coon that you could be putting in the truck. Well, that, that's what Red showed me, but it was, it was so hard because like at home, you know, you just grew, I grew up watching the Charlie Dobbins videos. Right. And, so, and you yeah. go to the creek and you go, well, I went under those bridges and there's 12 other people with exactly. two traps, you know. Exactly. And everybody's, was that, that they all look like red sets with red's lure. Yeah. You know, and, and I was like, man, so I started trying to concentrate and the lot bigger coon came off those trails. You bet. In the, it seemed like in the middle of nowhere. That's right. That's right. That's where your better coon come from. You're, your bigger boars and, and those barren sows, those sows that haven't had a litter that year, they'll be out there running in them those tops of them hills and, and places that nobody would ever look. And those are your best coon in the, in the world. They don't get any better than that. You know, that sow that didn't have a litter that year, she's not titty, she's not sucked down, She's she's got fur that's, you know, three or four inches deep, and, and she's good. Mm -hmm. And normally they're your better colored ones, and those are the ones that to bring the money come, come auction time. One one thing I'm gonna get your uh, opinion on this, and this may seem strange to you. Okay. But th this is from observations, and using the night vision, and when after because I was in Iowa, I did the night vision. I'm thinking back about Iowa, and uh, if I went out there now, and I'm, this may be a total bust, but if I went to Iowa to trap now, I would do it so different from watching and, and thinking back, and it's not the way y'all trap, which makes me nervous. But, uh, you know, I got in pockets, and I'm sure you know this, but it's hard to imagine. I would find sometimes 20, 30 miles where there wasn't any other trappers. Right. And then I'd get in other areas where, I mean, it was like a convention going on every morning at daybreak. Right. Well, when I got in those areas that may only had one or no trappers, you'd have these coon trails that you could break your ankle on if you weren't paying attention. You, they were as black as the ace of spades. I mean, it was there wasn't a piece of grass, a leaf, or nothing in there. And I was doing the, you know, the Orgorman, uh, you know, bolt bolty thing where you two traps and you run. Right. And I, sure enough, you'd come back and you have two good-looking coon, and then you you may get another coon, and then towards the end of the trip, you'd pick up another coon. Well, my brain's telling me now, it, there was more than three or four coon made that trail. That's right. That's right. And it was, and it was really bothering me because you get so excited when you'd, you'd be in an area by yourself, you'd see these massive trails, yeah. you just catch three or four coon, 
and you know they're there or they were there and there's corn still there and it's not picked and nothing in my head would make any sense and then watching the uh the teachers of the night one thing on the the coon but i'm thinking back now because i'm leading up to either a very idiotic thing i would try is uh when we'd catch a coon in a trail every coon there sometimes up to eight would come up and physically touch that other coon yeah. it was like they were trying to console figure out they didn't know what was going they weren't afraid of nothing right but the next night there would be no coon there right. the next night there'd be no coon there so I'm watching this, and I'm thinking back to Iowa. I'm thinking all these coon trails that only caught a few coon on. And there's no one else there. Yeah. So my way of thinking, why wouldn't I, instead of driving 200 miles a day, set 8, 10, or 12 traps on those trails and only cover 50 miles a day, and then move really quick from one to the other and try to take all those coon in two days? You're absolutely right. If so I'm not I as have, crazy if, as I was no, afraid not, of. If I have room, the old Don Boldy and old Gorman deal of two and gold. Now, if it's good enough for two sets, it's good enough for four. If I look at it and I've got room and I see that I can get, it's good enough for four, I'm going to put eight. Okay. I'm going to load them up. Take the cream of the crop quick, get out and roll and go somewhere else. Then wait ten days, two weeks, come back and do it again. Because that on the coon or a wave on wave type of deal is you take them out and more filter in. Now, granted, you're not going to have as many when you go back the second time around, but they're going to be bigger, better coon. Okay. The second time around. Have Have you? This is another thing. I'm, this is where I like doing the show because I'm picking someone's brain that's got more <laughs> coon experience than me. Another thing on on the teachers of the night that that bothered me from watching it, the coons. A lot of them, even when I would put them on a log or, or something, there was no way to get around the trap. A lot of the coon would back off the log, get in the with the, the conibear. I mean, it was it was grassy and everything. Uh -huh. They would get back off the log. They'd go down in the water. They'd cross the creek, and then you would see them come back on the other side, trying to figure out what the trap was. You know, and you're like going son of a gun. And then we were shooting some beaver footage, and we had a. Uh, uh, a shallow creek that's probably 10, 12 foot wide is only a few inches deep. And there's a beaver channel in the middle, and it was really open. So we put a conibear down there, no lure, and I was just wanting to see how the beaver would, would come up, you know. And I left it really open, even though it's not my normal style. I right. camouflage everything. And there was two family groups of coon that came off the bank, and every one of them went up and smelled and touched and put their hands on that conibear. None of them went through it. Right. But they could see that that was there from the, the top of the bank, and it wasn't supposed to be there, and there was exactly. no lure, and they went down. So the other part of my my uh, plan, if I ever went back to a coon state like Iowa, do you think you would actually have better luck if you if you didn't have the theft problem, if you blindsided footholds instead of the conibears? I do that a lot. You do that a lot. Them number 11s in them, in them trails are deadly on coon. Jimmy Miller lives just 30 miles from me there, and Jimmy is a big numbers guy too. He'll take 1,200, 1,500 coon a season, and he'll come rolling down the road, and there's a coon dancing around in the number 11 in a trail, and he says, that damn Dale's here. <laughs> you know, it's a third, he calls it, a, he says, oh, hell, any third grader can do that. And I said, that's right. You know, but, you know, call me a third grade trapper, but I'm putting coon in the truck that will go over or around a conifer. Do you think that happens a lot? It happens more than what you think. I believe it does. That's why I don't use grass. Grass, they, they tend to want to climb grass. Okay. They climb over a conifer with grass. I use, uh, it's it's natural in my area, cedar, cedar limbs, cedar boughs. Really? It's, it's, it's heavy. It's a heavy brush. And they tend to want to duck under that more than try to go over it. And not only that, but it's also a dog deterrent. Mm -hmm. A dog will go around it or go over it versus going through it. You know. Well, if someone was wanting to see your coon video, what was? How would they get a hold of that? Or uh, uh, Sterling Fur and Tool has it. Okay. I don't handle it anymore. Uh, I let them do all the handling of it. Sterling Fur and Tool, Keith Winkler, out there in Ohio, they have the video and. Uh, well, I recommend that video to anybody that starts getting confused because I think I think there's so much information today with with sites like mine, and you've got Trapper Man, and you've got 
all these videos and there's 50 new videos a year coming out it seems like now right. and, and all that that people get they get confused and vapor lock i agree with you there's there's way more knowledge out there than what any person can take in and absorb and and i'm not saying that any of it's wrong knowledge it's just you get you're right you get confused one guy tells you this and then another guy says this and you're like well, wow what do i do you know because they're contradicting each other and is the best the best teacher in the world is to just get out there and do it mm -hmm. you know they'll teach you what you need to know if, if you, you observe yeah just observe it and and you know i'm not saying that you can't get a leg up by going and taking instruction from somebody or or buying a video you know but it, the best thing to, the best way to learn is just get out there and do it because i'm a firm believer that when you get into trapping you actually have a better success because you don't know anything that's right and then you start learning and your catch goes down and then he's, there's a point somewhere and everybody that catches a lot of fur they revert almost back to kid trapping yep and leave all the complicated stuff out of it yep pull the madness out of it and just go back and catch fur just go back right. to trapping. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it <laughs> because you know like if if someone was taking instruction from me and they were going to put a number 11 in the trail right see we would me and you would disagree on right that. right i'd want a number three with a big pan right i want to cut you know to, because I, I would be up at night going, that little old bitty pan sitting in that trail. And, and I mean, you catch more coon than me, but I'm like, well, if I can put a five-inch pan in that trail. Yeah, yeah, and you and that's right. I just like that little number 11 because no matter what comes down that trail, I'm going to hold it. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. You know, that, that little number 11 will lock up and hold whatever comes through there. And it, you, you've done some predator stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And... Or are you using, did you do a lot of snaring on that or footholds? Footholds and snares both, just, you know, whatever I needed to do the job, that's that's what I did. But I'm starting to see your way of thinking on that too. You know, big number five, double long or CDR with a big pan, I'm, you got me to thinking there, you know. I'm, I'm liking the idea of that. Oh, if anybody ever goes, I've got way more experience with that than I do like on coons, but right. every time I use it on coons, even if I'm water trapping, the bigger pan and the bigger trap seems to work better, yep. you know, and, uh, but when you do that, especially with predators, when you go that big pan, I mean, it was such a game changer for me, mm -hmm. you know, it would take a lot of my little mistakes out of the game, you know, right. and it, if, if, you, if you ever do go that route, I promise you. You'll well, I'm, I'm a number three man on, on coyotes anyway. Number three coil spring with a wire screen pan cover, the old Gorman deal, you know, back clear back way back when. Right. And it's, uh, you know, basically you've just eliminated the wire screen. Exactly. That's all I've done. Pan. Right. That's all I've done. And I like the idea of that bigger, slower trap that's not whacking that animal as hard as what them number twos and number threes do. I like that idea. Mm -hmm. You know. So I'm assuming that you, you keep the kiss, the kiss method going on your coyotes. Yep. So, yep. so it's just probably down and dirty and Down fast. and dirty. There's track here. He's been here. I'm going to sit right here, you know, and just pop in a dirt hole or a flat set and roll. Keep moving. So you're, so you're kind of going off the more western premise of sign over location or, or both. I like to see both. I mean, if I can find a location... You know, I'll pick out that prominent point or that gateway, but I like it better when I can see tracks right there with it. You know, then I know for a fact that, you know, there's no miss here. He's going to be here. Mm -hmm. I won't say there's never a miss there. Well, no, that's not what I meant when I said that. I can't that. get them all to pay right. attention. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not what I meant, but I mean, your chances right, are better that right. he's, you I'm know, he's giving you a hard time. Yeah, he's been there before. He'll be there again. The, on, uh, say like on your dirt hole, is it a, uh, just kind of describe that what you're doing, because I'm kind of curious. I've never seen what you... I use a, a smaller type hole, you know, two, two and a half inch hole and a big trap in front of it. You know, that's... You make your, your hole deep? I, I like a deep hole. I don't want it shallow. Um, I like it down there 12, 14 inches, you know, pretty deep. And uh, the biggest thing I like is that hard lip. You know, a lot of guys, they, they don't leave that hard lip between the hole and that trap. And when that animal comes in there and starts digging at that, at that hole, he'll, flip, he'll find that, you know, I turn my traps with a spring 
towards the hole and a spring out. That's how I get them between the jaws instead of over the jaws. But, uh, you know, it doesn't take anything. If that hard lip's not there between that trap and that edge of that hole, he'll, he'll hook that lever and flip it out or something, you know. And that's where a lot of guys run into trouble, you know, I believe. Uh, they don't leave that hard edge there between that hole and that trap, and that's that's a, a big thing that I'm I'm really big on that. You have to have that. Are you pulling your trap back or? Are you I sit up? pretty close. I pull you up pretty tight. If you watch a dog, if you watch, if you own a dog and you watch him working a, a mole hole out in your yard, wherever his nose is, his feet aren't very far behind. You know, he's right there. You know, I like to, I sit up pretty tight. And you center him. Uh, yeah, pretty, 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 pretty centered. close. Yep, pretty centered. You know, and make them step down. You know, I, I put them so down you do low. Do that. Yep. I was going to ask you that. Yep, I make them step down. Uh, I always feel they'll step down before they step up. You know, and if you're trying to get everything, the old Bill Nelson school of trapping was everything was dead level. Mm -hmm. you know, I kind of follow that. Yeah, and it's hard to get everything dead level. You know, a lot of times, you know, a little, and it don't have to be a very big high spot, and they won't step, you know. Well, I, I, I guess, well, since we're at the NTA, I'm sure my wife's wondering where I'm at, so I guess we'll. But I really appreciate you doing well, this. It's good to see you, man, coming here. I'm glad to be back around. I see you're, you're, I see you got some lures going. Yeah, again. I've got the lures going back again. Uh, different formulas. Uh, I sold off my lure formulas there a few years ago, and and I had a five-year deal with a guy that I sold them to that I couldn't sell any lure under my name. Well, that that five, and I'd already been working on some new formulas before that nobody knew about, and that five years just gave me time to get these formulas perfected to where they need to be. And how would someone find your lures now? Right now, it's just I've got uh, one dealer right at the moment, and that's uh, Oki Cable and Trap Supply. He's a sponsor of our show. He, yep. Uh, he's, if you call up Jeb, you can order my lures through him. Uh, they're not advertised in his catalog, but just tell him, you know, you want some some Billingsley brand lure and, and what you're trapping, and, and he'll hook you right up. Do you have a... a, a since you're starting over again, do you have a full line of coyotes and cats and beaver and coons? Yes, and yes, I've okay. got a full line. Got okay. a full line. And baits too, I'm assuming? Baits too, yep. Got coon bait and a, and a predator bait as well. All right. Well, anybody here can just go to the link at the bottom while they're watching it and get to Jeb. So well, we'll, we'll go ahead and close this up, but I really appreciate it.